Warning, this podcast contains foul language, sexual situations, and discussions of drugs and drinking. Yeah. Welcome Welcome to to Fuck Shakespeare. Shakespeare. All the the naughty naughty bits exposed. exposed. Our goal is to open your eyes to all the inside info that makes reading Shakespeare way more fun. Any episode might contain dick jokes. Or essay ideas. Or anything in between. So, So, listen listen up. up. Hi. Hey. I'm Erin. I'm Diana. You are. Yes, I am. And sometimes <laughs> I'm Buckingham and sometimes I'm Richard. And that's what I love about this. So much yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> totally fun. You get to be all the people that probably I would never be cast as anyway. So, yay. Fun. Yeah. Big yay. Yeah. You too can do this. You too you can too. read read plays if you're an actor that you never be cast as and play those parts. Play those parts. Yeah. Organize readings. It's so much fun. Just sit around the table and say, I want to play Juliet, even though I'm a 45-year-old man. What the hell? Why not? Yes. <laughs> Drink some oh mead and have some fun. Yeah. So I just have to tell you one funny thing about my week because, you know, all the weird things that I'm studying. We read this adaptation of the Tempest mm-hmm. called The Enchanted Isle, and it was written in the Restoration period. Oh, God, I love Restoration comedies. I love them. This one is horrible. It's so, <laughs> bad. It's so bad. He adds all these other characters. Miranda has another sister named oh. Dorinda, huh? so you can be confused. And then there's a secret boy that that Prospero hid away for 15 years. Named Hippolito. (laughs) And Prospero goes to the trouble of telling both of his daughters that men are dangerous. And then he goes to the trouble of telling Hippolito that women are dangerous. And then, of course, it's ridiculous. There's these ridiculous scenes between the two girls when they see the boy for the first time. And they're like, oh, my God, it's a man. Wow. He doesn't look so dangerous. Let him eat me first, sister. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what did she just say? <laughs> oh, it's they're so foppish and funny. They're so fop and so mannered. It's hilarious. Oh my god. It's like the nuns in Monty Python. The oral sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, really? Are we studying this? What is this? This is absurd. Yeah. So it was fun. It was yeah. fun to rag on it for a while, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's for my week at school. Okay. But meanwhile, back in merry old England. In merry the- old England. Yes. The reign, the almost reign of Richard III. Act <laughs> three. <laughs> almost reign. Very short reign. Yes. First, we have some uh, very bizarre details about the scenes that we're going to read you today because there's a claim that Buckingham is going to bring forward that all of Edward's children are bastards. (laughs) All seven of them. (laughs) You'd think they'd snap after a while if they were doing something wrong. (laughs) Good thing. Um, Yeah. Well, I just have to tell you about that because it's confusing otherwise. And so they base it on this thing 
that he was engaged twice before he married Queen Elizabeth. And therefore, technically, he's not legally married to her because he married her in secret without the consent of the government. So prior to her, he had been proposed, he had proposed to Elizabeth Lucy because he did get her pregnant. And you'll hear her mentioned here as Lady Lucy. He didn't marry her. And his mother, like, was like, if you don't get this sorted out, you can't have a proper marriage. She was freaking out. And then he was engaged by Warwick. Warwick went over to France to make an alliance with the King of France, King Louis Eleventh, And he said, how about my king marries your sister-in-law and then we'll be allies. Yay. And then somebody came in to tell him, gee, your king's already married. So that's not going to be possible. <laughs> so, yeah. So Edward did some uh, messy things. And so technically... As kings are wont to do. Yes. yes. I'll dip my stick here. I dip my stick there. I dip my stick everywhere. But you know, it's actually best for kings to wait after they're married to dip their sticks in other places. Because at least then they have the marriage. Yeah, but you know, right. if I'm if I'm all powerful and I'm, you know, next to God, shoo, people are yeah. happy when I dip my stick. I know. It's just all just so unfortunate. Mm. <laughs> um, these are a couple of wacky scenes that we're gonna play for you today. And the first one, the stage direction, enter Gloucester and Buckingham in rotten armor, marvelously ill favored. So it's like they're entering as actors. And, you know, we've talked many times about how Shakespeare puts in those fun metaphors of acting references. There are actors on stage and they're talking to you about acting. This is a whole long protracted pretend scene by Richard and Buckingham. And it's such fun to play with. So if you're directing the scene or acting the scene, just go big and broad because it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's really fun. And uh, they they enact this whole coup by Hastings. Like, Hastings has come to take over the town. And, oh, my God, get down, duck, quickly. Oh, my God. <laughs> but this is so that this is so that they don't, isn't it so they convince the Lord Mayor that Hastings is actually a bad guy? Yeah. So yeah. that they convince the mayor that the reason they're bringing in his head is because he just had to be killed because he was right. so dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be fun. A little fun to look forward to. And I wanted to tell you a bit more about Buckingham because he's getting to be such an important character here. Um, He was originally, uh, not originally, he was called Henry Stafford, second Duke of Buckingham. And he was actually married at age 10 to one of Queen Elizabeth's sisters who was eight. (laughs) Not not Queen Elizabeth Edward's wife. Yes, Queen Elizabeth Edward's wife. Okay. Sisters. Um, she had a bunch of brothers and sisters. Rivers was just one of them, okay. brothers, but we okay. don't meet her sisters. But so her sister was married to Buckingham when she was eight. And then 10 years later, they started having children. They have a bunch, too. But so then I have a question. Why is Buckingham yeah. against Queen Elizabeth? You would think if he's married to one of her sisters that he would be pro Edward and Elizabeth. 
Yeah, but I think that he's taking up the Richard party line because by the time he comes on the scene, so obviously he was a child during the Henry VI plays, mm -hmm. so we don't really hear from him. By the time he comes on the scene, he's taking up the allegiance of the younger brother because Edward is on his way out, right? We see that happen in this play. So he's riding those coattails, and some people say that he, you know, was acting alongside Richard kind of biding his time because he also had a claim to the throne through right. John of Gaunt, through all of those right, 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 ties. Right. Yeah. We should, um, you know what we should do? We should post the family, the cousins, right. so people can see, because I know when you say Henry Gaunt, what that means, but other people may be confused. So there were many claims. This is, you know, War of the Roses shit. There were many claims because there were brothers you know who whose progeny, whose children, were were fighting for their right to the crown. Yeah, and even before they fought, they intermarried. So there's all these mixed up family lines. You know, yeah, it's very complex. Really so maybe yeah. we should find a good family tree of of this part, so that the people Lancaster can see how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How that 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 that. that that the Yorks and the Tudors were actually cousins. Yeah. They are all cousins. And the yeah. Lancasters and the Yorks were actually cousins. You yeah. know? So it's like... It's like six of one, half a dozen of the other. It's all the same. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, any of them could legitimately have had it, really. But in, in, in Richard II... Right, he don't comes we down from Edward the Black Prince? Right, he is actually much more close in a direct with the line. Yeah, but there's a sure. lot of conversation in that play about who whose child is who and who isn't there in yeah. that play. Yeah, and Bolingbroke, who becomes Henry IV, he is a usurper. Uh. He jumped the line big time. Yeah, big time. Right, so and, he, whole, and he's a Lancaster. Yeah, so the whole yeah. Henry IV, Henry V line, they is out of line. Yeah. 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 And, um, yeah, so I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to stop there for Buckingham, but I'll say a little bit more about him when we talk about the princes and their demise in the next episode. Ding, ding, heads up. Are <laughs> you ready? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You ready? As ready as I'll ever be. Act three, scene five, as before mentioned, enter Gloucester and Buckingham in rusty armor, looking ugly. <laughs> That's what it means. <laughs> Marvelous, ill favored. <laughs> so. Rotten armor. I love that. Okay. Rotten armor. Rotten. All right. So here, Richard. Come, cousin, canst thou quake and change thy color, murder thy breath in the middle of a word, and then begin again and stop again as if thou wert distraught and mad with terror? Yeah, so that's a very specific set of directions. Yeah, he's giving him directions as an actor. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't think he's a good actor. Murder thy breath, so stop your breath, right? But it has the great word in there. Mm -hmm. And then Buckingham is like, fuck off, man. 
tut, I can counterfeit the deep tragedian. Speak and look back and pry on every side, tremble and start at wagging of a straw. <gasps> Intending deep suspicion, ghastly looks are at my service like enforced smiles, and both are ready in their offices at any time to grace my stratagems. But what? Is Kate's begun? <laughs> Let's change the so, subject. Yeah. <laughs> um, Counterfeit the deep tragedian. Counterfeit is pretend. And to be the big, giant actor wailing in huge emotions, right? Um, intending means pretending. And he talks about smiles and, you know, ghastly looks coming to him just as easily. Either one. He can smile whenever he needs to. But yeah. he can tremble and start at wagging of a straw. So he can he can shake also. and and jump right yeah. at, at at someone picking up a piece of straw and wagging it at him. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, ready both in their office, offices or functions, and grace my stratagems, accommodate my plots. Like I could do whatever is needed. Yeah. Yeah. He's saying I'm an even better actor than you, Richard. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so. In case we go, and he's coming back. Oh, sorry, that's me. Yeah. He is, and see, he brings the mayor along. Lord Mayor! Look to the drawbridge there! Hark, a drum! Crazy! Or look the walls! Lord Mayor, the reason we have sent... Look back, defend thee! Here are enemies! God and our innocence defend and guard us! Be patient, they are friends, Ratcliffe and Lovell! <laughs> So if you can imagine, they've, like, pulled the Lord Mayor into the scene and they're, like, pushing him down. Like, oh, my God, an arrow's coming your way. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Look, over there. <laughs> over there. Over there. Oh, my God. The drawbridge. Pull it up. Let's go. And, and <laughs> you know, Richard's like, it's okay. It's okay, friends. And enter Lovell and Ratcliffe with Hastings head. <laughs> okay, Lovell, that's you. Oh, I'm Lovell? Oh, God. All right. Here's the head of that ignoble traitor, the dangerous and unsuspected Hastings. Yeah, unsuspected nobody. meaning nobody suspected he was a traitor. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> uh, and Richard. So, dear, I loved the man that I must weep. I took him for the plainest harmless creature that breathed upon this earth a Christian made him my book wherein my soul recorded the history of all her secret thoughts. So smooth he daubed his vice with show of virtue that his apparent open guilt omitted, I mean, his conversation with Shore's wife. He lived from all attainder of suspect. Yeah, so if we put aside this... Uh... Sure, lady. Yeah. <laughs> he looked pretty good otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was harmless. I didn't yeah. think anybody was more harmless. Any Christian on this earth was more harmless than he. Yeah. But then we have so smooth he daubed his vice with short of, daubed his patch, so he patched up the his horrible vices with his show of virtue. <laughs> mm. Right? So he's an actor. Hastings is an even better actor than all of us, apparently. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, his only crime was fucking Mistress Shore. Right? Yeah. 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 Fucking him. Well, well, he was the covertest sheltered traitor that ever lived. Would you imagine or almost believe were it not 
that by great preservation we live to tell it you, the subtle traitor this day hath plotted in the council house to murder me and my lord, my good lord of Gloucester. And the lord mayor, what? Had he so? Yeah. <laughs> so by great preservation, extreme measures of escape, we barely got away with our lives. <laughs> so um, this is interesting, too. This day had plotted in the council house. It kind of implies that there are other people who plotted with him. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. Because he, yeah. you can't plot by yourself. I mean, right. I guess you can. But, but nobody would know. Yeah. No, nobody would know. <laughs> I'm secretly plotting with myself. <laughs> I do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, interesting uh, othering line you've got here, Richard. What? Think you we are Turks or infidels? <laughs> Non-Christians, <laughs> Muslims. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or that we would, against the form of law, proceed thus rashly in the villain's death, but that the extreme peril of the case, the peace of England and our person's safety, enforced us to this execution? You really think yeah. we'd kill him for no reason? Of course not. <laughs> that would be impossible to believe. You couldn't <laughs> believe that, could you? <laughs> no. And the Lord Mayor... No, fair befall you, he deserved his death, and your good graces both have well proceeded to warn false traitors from the like attempts. So the mayor thinks there are also other people involved in this plot. Yeah, this, this here council house plotting. And so uh, a warning was necessary, because otherwise, who knows yeah. how many people would come out of the woodwork. Right. And Richard... I never looked for better at his hands after he once fell in with Mistress Shore. Yet yeah. had... <laughs> right, I'll stop. <laughs> after he started fucking her, I just knew something bad was going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> Yet had we not determined he should die until your lordship came to see his end, which now the loving haste of these, our friends, somewhat against our meanings, have prevented, because, my lord, I would have had you heard the traitor speak and timorously confess the manner and the purpose of his treasons, that you might well have signified the same unto the citizens who haply may miss, 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 us in him and wail his death. Yeah. So we we were not going to kill him until you could come and hear his confession. And, but these friends of ours uh, kind of uh, jumped the gun and did. So he's blaming Ratcliffe and Lovell for killing Hastings before the mayor could give him a trial. Right? Yes. Yep. We, we wanted you to hear him confess timorously, nervously, because he's right. obviously guilty. Right? right. And also the word confess, like it was long ago a done deal. Yeah. And the Lord Mayor, but my good Lord, your grace's words shall serve, as well as I had seen and heard him speak. And no doubt, right noble princes both, but I'll acquaint our duteous citizens with all your just proceedings in this case. 
So, yeah, so your words shall serve. Yeah. This is yeah. the recipe for bad government, right? <laughs> I trust you. I know you're yeah. a good guy. I trust you. Yeah, kill whoever <laughs> you want and just explain it to me. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'll tell our citizens that it was okay that you it's did this okay. because we don't want them, you know, we don't want them being misconstruing. <laughs> yeah. And the and uh, and Richard and to that end, we wished your lordship here to avoid the censures of the carping world. Yes, all those people who gossip and blame. Yeah. Yeah, carping. Bugging. Which, since you come too late of our intent, yet witness what you hear we did intend. And so, my good lord, we bid you farewell. So he's like, tell them what we meant to do. Yeah. We meant to do it all legally. (laughs) And bye. And bye. And Richard, go after, after Cousin Buckingham. The mayor towards Guildhall hies him in all post. There, at your meat's advantage of the time, infer the bastardy of Edward's children. Tell them how Edward put to death a citizen only for saying he would make his son heir to the crown, meaning, indeed, his house, which, by the sign thereof, was termed so. Moreover, urge this hateful luxury and bestial appetite in charge of lust, which stretched to their servants, daughters, wives, even where his lustful eye or savage heart, without control, listed to make his prey. Yeah, let's stop there because there's a bunch there. Yeah. So follow the follow the mayor, Buckingham, and tell him these other things, right? As soon as you get a chance, your meatest advantage of the time, your most favorable opportunity, infer, assert, the bastardy of Edward's children, which we just talked out about above. And then there's this other thing that he says, tell him about. Tell him about how Edward put to death this citizen only for making his son, saying he would make his son heir to the crown. So apparently that's a historical story that there was a guy and he he was standing outside an inn called the crown. And mm-hmm. Edward overheard him say to his son, I will make you heir to the crown because it was his pub. And he owned it, and he was going to give it to his son. But it was a little joke in front of the king, maybe in the context of like, oh, yeah, everybody's getting the crown these days, you know. But Edward instantly seized him, didn't give him a trial, and put him to death. Hmm. That guy for mocking the crown. And it's like, but he was saying a truth. (laughs) It's a story told by Sir Thomas More, like saying, you know, it's not good. Um, and then he's talking about his hateful luxury and his bestial appetite and lust. So he was very, uh, you know, famed for jumping from bed to bed, fucking anything that moved. Dipping right? a stick. Yep. Dipping it everywhere. Servants, daughters, wives, wherever, you know, wherever mm-hmm. he happened to look. So Richard's like, why don't you bring that up again? Because that's not so good in a king. And also, it it supports our claim that he's got kids everywhere. These kids don't deserve the crown. Yep. And then Richard continues, which stressed, stressed, I'm stressed, which stretched to their servants, daughters, wives, even where his lustful eye, or sorry, I read that part already. (laughs) Nay for a need. Yeah. Nay for a need thus far come near my person. Tell them 
when that my mother went with child of that insatiate Edward, noble York, my princely father, then had wars in France, and by just computation of the time, found that the issue was not his begot, which well appeared in his lineaments, being nothing like the noble duke my father. So now he's saying, I don't think Edward was my father's son. Yep. Dad was in France at the time. And when he came back, there was some question as to how long mom had been pregnant. Hmm, is it really mine? Yeah. Yep. So it was kind of a nice way to strike a blow at his nasty fucking mother. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, because he because Edward looked nothing like my perfect father. <laughs> yeah, my wonderful, yes. You can hear time and again that Richard revered his father quite a lot. And then he says, uh, but he, touch yeah, but when he said, sorry, when he said, and you can thus close, uh, what does he say? Come near my person, because yeah. to imply this about Edward is also to sully his own line. Yeah. Not just Edward's line. Right. right? Yeah, because his mother was then would then be a a who a, a slut. Yes. Someone who also <laughs> let sticks that did not belong to her in. Yeah, well, you know, apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Mm. Uh, and then Richard, but touch this sparingly, as twere far off, because you know, my lord, my mother lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to pretend like he cares. Yeah. <laughs> that it was we do want to protect her. her. Yeah. <laughs> her dubious reputation. Right. All right. Okay. I'm bugging him. Fear not, my lord. I'll play the orator as if the golden fee for which I plead were for myself. And so, my lord, adieu. If that's you throw. Sorry, that's what makes me think he. He's also in there for himself because he even hints at it. Right, right. The golden fee being the crown. Yeah. So he's yeah. like, I'll make your case as well as if I was making the case for me. Um, and Richard, if you thrive well, bring them to Baynard's castle, where you shall find me well accompanied with reverend fathers and well-learned bishops. I go. And towards three or four o'clock, look for the news that the Guild Hall affords. So I'll bring you whatever news I can from there. Yeah. Go, Lovell, with all speed to Dr. Shaw. Go thou to Friar Pinker. Bid them both meet me within this hour at Baneyard's castle. And off so they all go. Exit. Exit. Uh, Lovell and Catesby. Yeah. Lovell goes to get Dr. Shaw. Catesby goes to get Friar Pinker. Penker, which is a funny name. It's very close to yeah. Pecker. <laughs> Pecker. <laughs> now will I in to take some privy order, to draw the brats of Clarence out of sight, and to give notice that no manner of person at any time have recourse unto the princes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, to go back, Dr. Shaw and Friar Pinker. These were apparently two men who made speeches in praise of Richard, like these really big, long, flowery speeches, one of them before his coronation and one of them after, that Thomas More described as being so full of tedious flattery that no good man's ears could abide to hear them. <laughs> no, it was like, what a bunch of ass kissers these guys were. 
Yeah. And so then uh, Richard is going to go and deal with Clarence's children, who we met in that one scene, only called boy and girl in this mm-hmm. script. And then also uh, there's a hint about the princes. Nobody should go and mess with them or meet with them. Yeah. Nobody but me. Okay. And then we have Act 3, Scene 6 is this one speech scene which we have a couple in this play and it's the Scrivener and I didn't bother putting it in because it's just an accounting. The Scrivener is a professional writer of formal documents like wills and things and uh, depositions and such. And he has written a uh, piece of paper that is the indictment of Hastings. And he talks about writing a first draft of it that took him 11 hours and then a second draft of it because he's writing by hand, right? Very careful script because it's for posterity. So 22 hours. And by the time he finished it, Hastings was already dead. (laughs) He finishes by saying it's a bad world when shit like that happens, when you don't even have 24 hours to write out an indictment. (laughs) <laughs> all right meanwhile back at Feynard's castle Feynard's castle Richard how now my lord what say the citizens Buckingham now by the holy mother of our lord the citizens are mum and speak not a word touched you the bastardy of Edward's children yeah touched you did you tell him <laughs> did you tell him I did, and with his contract with Lady Lucy and his contract by deputy in France, the insatiate greediness of his desire and his enforcement of the city wives, his tyranny for trifles, his own bastardy as being God, your father then in France, and his resemblance being not like the Duke. Withal, I did infer your lineaments, being the right idea of your father, both in your form and nobleness of mind, laid up in all your victories in Scotland, your discipline in war, wisdom in peace, your bounty, virtue, fair humility, indeed left nothing fitting for your purpose, untouched or slightly handled in discourse. (laughs) (laughs) I did everything you said. I did it and more. I yeah. was amazing talking yeah, right. about how great you are, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, it, I, I just want to point out this word, enforcement of the city wives. <laughs> it's like seduction, but it sounds like rape. Rape. Yeah, rape. Not so good. His tyranny for trifles, that means his harshness towards trifling offenses like that guy in the crown, at the mm-hmm. crown uh, pub. And then I inferred your lineaments being the right idea of your father, the very image. You are the spinning image of dad. There could be no question about you. Mm -hmm. Um, I was very, very thorough. (laughs) (laughs) And then he says, and when mine oratory drew to an end, I bid them that did love their country's good cry, God save Richard, England's royal king. And did they so? No. So help, so God help me, they spake not a word, but like dumb statues or breathing stones stared each other and looked deadly pale. He's <laughs> like, fucking assholes. They didn't say nothing. And then he I was brilliant. Why. I was brilliant. I was amazing. It and they didn't even fault. respond. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, but then he explains this, which is interesting, why they didn't. Which, when I saw, I reprehended them and asked the mayor what meant this willful silence. His answer was, the people were not used to be spoke to, but by the recorder. 
So the recorder, capital R, is a city official who's supposed to read out all, you know, important announcements in the town. So the people were looking at Buckingham speaking and they're like, are we supposed to answer him? What's going on? We don't know. We don't know why. the right guy. Why is he talking to us? He's a noble. Why is he talking to us? Yeah. So a lot of suspicion. So so then the mayor explained this to Buckingham. He's like, you're doing things the wrong way. This guy is supposed to be the one that does it. And so they urged the recorder to tell the whole story all over again. Okay. Uh. Then he was urged to tell my tale again. Thus, Seth the Duke. Thus hath the Duke inferred. But nothing spake in warrant from himself. So, like, he said, Buckingham said this. And Duke Buckingham said that. So that he couldn't get any blame for what Buckingham was saying. Mm. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. That that's what that means. Nothing spake and warrant from himself. It wasn't coming from him. When he had done, some followers of mine own at lower end of the hall hurled up their caps, and some ten voices cried, "God save King Richard!" And thus I took the vantage of those few. Oh, thanks, gentle citizens, citizens and friends," quoth I. This general applause and cheerful shout argues your wisdoms and your love to Richard. And even here I break off and came away. Tongueless blocks were they. Would not they speak? No, by my troth, my lord. Will not the mayor then and his brethren come? Yes. It's like fucking A. Why are these citizens such assholes? Right. Tongueless blocks. Yeah. (laughs) Probably because they're confused. Right? (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Do they know whether they're supposed to be in support of this king or not? (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay, so the mayor, are, are, is the mayor and the alderman coming? His yeah. brethren are the alderman, okay? Yeah. Buckingham. The mayor is here at hand. Intend some fear. Be not you spoke with, but by mighty suit. And look, you get a prayer book in your hand, and uh, stand between two churchmen, good my lord. For on that ground, I'll build a holy descant, and be not easily won to our requests. Play the maid's part, still answer nay, and take it. Oh, see, there's there's some sex for you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So intense and fear. Pretend like you're scared of us coming to find you and and get some prayer books and some churchy guys. And then you stand there and you'll look all holy. And I'm going to make this. Descant is great. It's a variation, but it's also a, a melody in music. So I'm going to have this. It's almost like... um subliminal seduction mm-hmm. right <laughs> subliminal messages and be not easily won so don't don't uh, give in easily to us asking you to be king be like girls when they say no but they really want it yeah. well and boys <laughs> just so we're clear and and other girls and bi- non-binary people if someone says no it probably means they don't really want it but we know that like in the past there was a whole thing about you know yeah if she yeah. says no, she means yes. But that was more about, you know, that was more about rape and non-consensual, non-consensual. Yeah, right. So don't do that. Don't, don't do listen that. to Buckingham. No. <laughs> no. No. But it's interesting that it's actually delineated right there in the script, you know, that this was the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And Richard, I go. And if you plead as well for them as I can say nay to thee for myself... No doubt will, will that's wrong, yeah. right? Sorry. No, no doubt we'll bring it to a happy issue. Issue. <laughs> issue. 
is you. Yeah. So I can't refute your claims. You know, I can't. I, I, you, every all sounds good to me. Yeah. yeah. Go, go up to the leads. The Lord, Lord Mayor Knox. The leads is the, uh, or the leads maybe even. It's the tiles that sit on the roof. So he's like, go, go, go up to the roof, up to the balcony. And here comes the Lord Mayor and the citizens. Welcome, my Lord. I dance attendance here. I think the Duke will not be spoke with all. Enter Catesby. Now, Catesby, what says your Lord to my request? Mm, Catesby, he doth entreat your grace, my noble Lord, to visit him tomorrow or next day. Uh, he is within with two right reverend fathers, divinely bent to meditation. And in no worldly suits would he be moved to draw him from his holy exercise. So Catesby's like, mm, can, you, can you guys come back tomorrow? Um, he's meditating with some holy guys. <laughs> it's like, yeah. he's in there with the uh, the, Shra, the Bhagwan Shri Rajneesh. <laughs> you know I did the audio description for that, don't you? Yeah, for that book. Yeah. No, for the for the for the the the, 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 the what was that called? Wild Wild Country, the yeah. documentary series. That's my wow. voice doing the audio description. Cool. Um. Yeah. So he's up there with some kind of guru guys. Yeah. And I like though you're going to see this happen a couple of times now in the scene. Divinely bent to meditation. It's technically a five-syllable word because he's so fucking holy. (laughs) (laughs) So meditation has to be this enormous five-syllable word. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that you have to say it this way. It's just good to know. And it's also right there at the end of the line. Yeah. So, yeah. So Buckingham, making a show of reassuring Catesby. Return, good Catesby, to the gracious Duke. Tell him, myself, the mayor, and the aldermen, in deep designs, in matter of great moment, no less importing than our general good, are come to have some conference with his grace. Catesby, I'll signify so much unto him straight. And off he goes. Buckingham. Aha, my lord, this prince is not an Edward. He is not lolling on a lewd love bed, but on his knees at meditation. (laughs) (laughs) But also on his knees is funny. Yeah. (laughs) After the la, la, la. Yeah. And also with his disabilities, he's probably not on his knees. No. No. Yes. Um, But we have that long word again. So he's comparing him, right? He's not his brother. This is a much better guy. Not dallying with a brace of courtesans, a brace meaning a pair, a couple of whores, but meditating with two deep divines, not sleeping to engross his idle body, but praying to enrich his watchful soul. Happy were England, would this virtuous prince take on his grace the sovereignty thereof. But sure, I fear we shall not win him to it. And the Lord Mayor, Mary, God defend his grace, should say us nay. I fear he will. So he's putting the sense of, like, we better beg him because he's not going to want it. Here comes Catesby back again. Now, Catesby, what says his grace? Mm, My lord... 
He wonders to what end you have assembled such troops of citizens to come to him. His grace not being warned thereof before, he fears, my lord, you mean no good to him. So he's scared of you. <laughs> Bugging him. Sorry I am, my noble cousin should suspect me, that I mean no good to him. By heaven we come to him in perfect love, and so once more return and tell his grace. And Catesby goes out. When holy and devout religious men are at their beads, tis hard to draw them thence. So sweet is zealous contemplation. And again, you could stretch that out to five syllables, because it's a big religious word so here comes richard and he's entering at a balcony above between two bishops and the lord mayor see where he stands between two clergymen two props of virtue for a christian prince to stay him from the fall of vanity and see a book of prayer in his hand true ornaments to know a holy man Famous Plantagenet, most gracious prince, lend favorable ear to our requests and pardon us the interruption of thy devotion and right Christian zeal. <laughs> Great. And he puts the word, the name in there, Plantagenet, because that's the line, line mm -hmm. that he claims his prince, princely blood from. Yep. And Richard is another five syllable, right? Yeah. Good grief. But Bunyam um, is laying it on thick. Yes, he is. Uh, and Richard, my lord, there needs no such apology. I rather do beseech you pardon me, who, earnest in the service of my God, deferred the visitation of my friends. But leaving this, what is your grace's pleasure? Even that, I hope, which pleaseth God above, and all good men of this ungoverned isle. I do suspect I have done some offense that seems disgracious in the city's eye, and that you come to reprehend my ignorance. I'm afraid that I've done something wrong. <laughs> yes, he's playing the innocent so well. Have, my lord, would it might please your grace on our entreaties to amend your fault? Else wherefore breathe I in a Christian land? Of course I want to amend it. <laughs> of course I want to amend all of my faults. Okay. Then know it is your fault that you resign the supreme seat, the throne majestical, the sceptered office of your ancestors, your state of fortune and your due of birth, the lineal glory of your royal house, to the corruption of a blemished stock. Whilst in the mildness of your sleepy thoughts, which here we waken to your country's good, this noble isle doth want her proper limbs, her face defaced with scars of infamy, her royal stock graft with ignoble plants, and almost shouldered in the swallowing gulf of blind forgetfulness and dark oblivion. Wow, that's <laughs> a lot of gardening stuff there. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, so that's often used in talking about the family line because it's the family tree, right? Mm -hmm. So um, he's saying, yeah, it's your fault that you are leaving the government to someone else. And that someone else is a corruption 
Edward's kids are corruption of your of the blemished stock. So a piece of the plant that is rotting. And while you've been just uh, sleepily praying over here, <laughs> we are missing this Isle doth want. That means lack. We lack our proper limbs, which is an interesting way of putting it because it also sort of references Richard's disabilities. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her face defaced with scars of infamy. The face meaning the face of our leader. Our leader is blemished, right? Ruined. Edward should not be our leader, young Edward. Um, her royal stock graft with ignoble plants. So the royal line has been mixed in with bad, you know, grafts. Grafting is when you take one piece of one plant and you tie it to another and trying to make a new kind of tree. But that's not, he's not, it's like muggle blood. <laughs> and half-bloods and muggles. Yeah. yeah, and shouldered in the swallowing gulf. That's like plunged into, like shrugged off. But again, shoulder is like part of Richard's disability, perhaps. So it's interesting that he's using these terms that are maybe also reflective on Richard in not such a... Maybe sowing the seeds for his own ascension. Yeah, yeah. Because there is some crossover here where Buckingham is like taking some opportunities to also make some weird little digs at Richard in mm. a way. Yeah. That might be a little essay idea right there. Right? It's, Buckingham's Buckingham's claim to the throne, you know, you would have to research the genealogy a little bit, but where Buckingham stands in the in the lineup. <laughs> yeah. And um what if if this scene is about Buckingham appearing to support Richard but really laying the groundwork for him to ascend? How yeah. is and support that with the text? Yeah, analyze that language and see what you think. Yeah, yeah. because it is it is iffy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So and then he uses the word oblivion as a line ending. Oh, we're all going down the shithole. Mm-hmm. But now he's got a remedy. So recure is remedy. Which to recure, we heartily solicit your gracious self to take on you the, chi- the charge and kingly government of this your land, not as protector, steward, substitute, or lowly factor for another's gain, but as successively from blood to blood, your right of birth, your empery, your own. For this, consorted with the citizens, your very worshipful and loving friends, and by their vehement instigation, in this just suit come I to move your grace. (laughs) Okay? So you have the remedy. You can take on you the government of this land, not as a protector. We don't mean you to be, we don't mean to be bolstering your position as the person who's advising Edward. No, we don't want that. Um, lowly factor, factor as an agent for somebody else's gain. No, get right in the line yourself. Blood to blood, your empire is really interesting. Empire, your empire. And I've come here with these people at their vehement instigation. You know, they've tried to persuade me very loudly to come and get you, which was not not true. We just (laughs) heard him say it was not true. And Richard... I know not whether to depart in silence or bitterly to speak in your reproof best fitteth my degree or your condition. 
If not to answer, you might haply think tongue-tied ambition, not replying, yielded to bear the golden yoke of sovereignty, which fondly you would here impose on me. Let's stop there. Stop there? Yeah. So, I'm not sure whether to walk Leave away without talking to you. <laughs> or to speak to correct you, bitterly speak in your reproof, right? Um, is the best thing for my degree, my rank, or your condition, your rank. Yeah. You know, how do I how do I honor your request without being an asshole? Yeah. Right. Right. But and being taken. Time, yeah. yeah. You might think if I'm quiet if I'm quiet, you might think I'm yielding. Right. Which fondly you would hear foolishly you're trying to give me right. to this thing, the yoke of sovereignty. Uh if to reprove you for this suit of yours so seasoned with your faithful love to me. Then on the other side, I checked my friends. Yeah, so if reprove is reprimand, mm -hmm. if on the other side, I reprimand you, be, you know, your suit is seasoned with your love. Like, I can tell that you're doing this out of love. And so if I reprimand you, then I've checked my friends. I've rebuked my friends, yeah. you and the Lord Mayor. Therefore, to speak and to avoid the first, and then in speaking, not to incur the last, definitively, thus I answer you. Your love deserves my thanks, but my desert, unmeritable, shuns your high request. First, if all obstacles were cut away, and that my path were even to the crown, as my ripe revenue and due by birth, yet so much is my poverty of spirit, so mighty and so many my defects, as I had rather hide me from my greatness, being a bark to brook no mighty sea, than in my greatness covet to be hid." and in the vapor of my glory smothered. But, God be thanked, there's no need of me, and much I need to help you if need were. The I'll royal tree... You want to stop there? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, your love deserves my... Yes, so I thank you, Stan, that you're bringing this to me out of love. Um, but then we have more gardening things. My path were even to the crown, obstacles cut away. Um, but he repeats the due by birth, and it's a line ending, right? So he's yes. leaving you with that, yeah, in the line ending. And he's, he says, I'm, I'm so wanting. I am so defective um, as being a bark to brook no mighty sea. I am not the kind of seaworthy craft to take out on rough seas. And we've yeah. got some rough seas coming ahead. Um, my defects should rather be hidden behind behind my glory, behind whatever stuff can cover me up because I'm not someone to be shown to the world and used as a figurehead. Okay. Right? Much I need. I am greatly lacking in ability to help you. Yeah. But God be thanked, there's no need of me. And much I need to help you if need were. The royal tree hath left us royal fruit, which, mellowed by the stealing hours of time, will well become the seat of majesty, and make no doubt us happy by his reign. On him I lay what you would lay on me, the right and fortune of his happy stars, which God defend that I should wring from him. Nice. 
We got we got a prince. And he just needs to grow up a little bit. And he's gonna make us all happy. It'll be great. And we've got more gardening. Royal tree, royal fruit, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're loving their gardening metaphors. They just keep Mm -hmm. going with them. Mm -hmm. Okay, bugging him. My lord, this argues conscience in your grace, but the respects thereof are nice and trivial, all circumstances well considered. You say that Edward is your brother's son. So say we too, but not by Edward's wife. So he's going to say that the Edward's wife is someone else, okay? For first, he was contract to Lady Lucy. Your mother lives a witness to that vow. And afterward, by substitute betrothed to Bona, sister of the King of France. So he's like, no, this Edward is not going to do it for us. And we all know that. He's saying it out loud for everybody to hear. These both put by but a poor petitioner, a care-crazed mother of a many children, a beauty-waning and distressed widow, even in the afternoon of her best days, made prize and purchase of his wanton eye, seduced the pitch and height of his degree to base declension and loathed bigamy. <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs> I don't know that that word appears anywhere else actually bigamy yeah i'd be interested to know if it's because it really stands out and it's a line ending mm-hmm. i don't think i ever hear that word i'll look it up mentally. okay but so these two people lady lucy and lady bona put by a poor petitioner they superseded this inferior claimant yeah who was queen elizabeth right well she was married before she was married before, yeah, and but they were engaged to Edward before her. That's right. what he's saying, right? Right. So, they, so but they that's both things, first, right? Yeah, yeah. And then he goes on with this long description of her. I can't believe it. A care-crazed mother, beauty waning, like she she wasn't even in her most beautiful days, right? And how did she manage to seduce Edward? Seduced the pitch and height. These are all dick jokes. Mm-hmm. He just had a big old boner, and he had to do something about it and she was the one there and then he got himself into this situation where he was committing bigamy technicality (laughs) by her in his unlawful bed he got this edward whom our manners call the prince more bitterly could i expostulate save that for reverence to some alive i give a sparing limit to my tongue (laughs) so i could i could say worse things but, but I won't. Some people are still living that I would otherwise defame. Then, good my lord, take to your royal self this proffered benefit of dignity, if not to bless us and the land withal, yet to draw forth your noble ancestry from the corruption of abusing times unto a lineal, true derived course. And the Lord Mayor, do, good my lord, your citizens entreat you. Yeah, so if you don't do it for us, do it for your family. For your family's sake. Take your poor family line out of this awful, mucky place. Buggy him. Refuse not, mighty lord, this proffered love. Catesby gets wound up in the argument and he's excited. Oh, make them joyful, grant their lawful suit. Richard, alas, why would you heap this care on me? 
I am unfit for state and majesty. I do beseech you, take it not amiss. I can not, nor I will not yield to you. Boy, <laughs> he's almost pushing a little too too much back. <laughs> Buggy him. If you refuse it, as in love and zeal, loath to depose the child, your brother's son, as well we know your tenderness of heart and gentle, kind, effeminate remorse, which we have noted in you to your kindred, and eagerly indeed to all estates, yet whether you accept our suit or no, your brother's son shall never reign our king, but we will plant some other in the throne to the disgrace and downfall of your house. And in this resolution here, we leave you. Come, citizens, zoons, I'll entreat no more. <laughs> so I love ah. effeminate, right? Mm -hmm. That's a bit of a dig. So he's like, yeah, I know you're all like tenderhearted about your brother's kids. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And all to all kinds of other people, too. But it, no matter what you say, we are not putting Edward on the throne. We're going to go find someone else. That's why I think. This Could be me. <laughs> Could be me. Oh, by the way, I'm in line. Yeah, I do think that, you know, because... He could go out the door now and no longer plead Richard's case, right? Yeah, right. He says he's leaving, and he does leave. Yeah. And, and Gloucester. Oh, do not swear, my lord of Buckingham. Yeah, zoons. God's wounds is a swear. Like, I can't listen to this awful language. I'm a <laughs> holy man. Right? <laughs> and Buckingham goes off in a huff, and Catesby's like... <gasps> Call him again, sweet prince. Accept their suit. If you deny them, all the land will rue it. And Richard, would you enforce me to a world of cares? <laughs> Call them again. I am not made of stones, but penetrable to your kind entreaties, albeit against my conscience and my soul. <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting. Like, who's he saying that to? Because Buckingham, it says, exit Buckingham with the citizens. So it's Catesby. Maybe the Lord Mayor stays behind, you know? Yeah. Like you can make those decisions. Yeah. And so Buckingham comes back, maybe Co against his will. <laughs> Cousin of Buckingham, and you sage grave men, since you will buckle fortune on my back to bear her burthen, whether I will or no, I must have patience to endure the load. But if black scandal or foul-faced reproach attend the sequel of your imposition, your mere enforcement shall acquittance me from all the impure blots and stains thereof. For God doth know, and you may partly see, how far I am from the desire of this. <laughs> I love that. He's mm -hmm. like... This, uh, if black scandal, if bad things come out of this, attend the sequel of your imposition. Whatever follows your demands, your imposition, you guys, if you, if this doesn't work out, it's your fault. Right. Because <laughs> you I didn't want made this. me do it. Yeah. Right. You can see that I have been protesting this whole time that I didn't want it. And Lord Mayor. God bless your grace. We see it and will say it. And, and Richard, in saying so, you shall but say the truth. Buckingham, 
then I salute you with this royal title. Long live Richard, England's worthy king. Amen. Amen. Tomorrow, may it please you to be crowned? Even when you please, for you will have it so. Tomorrow, then, we will attend your grace, and so most joyfully we take our leave. Come, let us to our holy work again. Farewell, my cousin. Farewell, gentle friends. <laughs> All right. Come on, let's bishops, do. let's go. Let's go meditation some more. <laughs> meditation. Yeah, these two consummate actors here just played some beautiful scenes, didn't they? They sure did. Oh, my goodness. And if it's not, if it doesn't work out, it ain't my fault. Right. I didn't want it. <laughs> All right. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I got to okay, go take some so... Advil. <laughs> oh, dear. I got to go take some Advil. And <laughs> injured herself. Yeah, because I got crumbly back. Crumbly bones. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, I'm... So that's that for today. Yeah, and coming up next, some dead children. Dead children? What? <laughs> oh, you knew it was coming. Stay Stop. tuned. Stay <laughs> tuned. <laughs> All righty. I'm Aaron. I'm Diana. This is Fuck Shakespeare. Yeah, that's Fuck Shakespeare. Hey, listen, you know, before we end, just tell your friends, will you? We're fun. Yeah, we're fun. Do it. Tell them. Tell them to just try. They know they're scared of Shakespeare. Thalia's boyfriend, Adam, and I had a conversation when I was there. Um, You know, he said, I really hate Shakespeare. I really hate it. And I said, because you had to study it in high school, right? And they made it horrible. And he said, yeah, I didn't understand it. I didn't like it. I didn't know why we were doing it. And I was like, oh, please, Adam, just listen to Diana and me. There's so many dick jokes and flatulence jokes and like please give us a chance i don't know if he did it's fun okay all right so yeah okay yeah (laughs) all right okay we love you guys see you next week (gasps) bye ta-ta for additional fun shit from fuck shakespeare you can head to our website at fckshakespeare.com or find us on instagram at fckshakespeare If you are enjoying this podcast, you could support us for as little as 99 cents per month. Just click the support button on the page on Spotify or Anchor. Tell your friends.